You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. Let's bring her out. A star attraction, the one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Miss Judy Gold. You decide that you're gonna go on a Greyhound bus. Did you know you were gonna go to San Francisco or you didn't know where you were going? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess I did. So okay. what happened was a couple of the guys that were Boston comics and that were very well regarded right. in the hierarchical social strata that there was, right. they did, they went to San Francisco. And now this is pre-cell phone. I assume they knew there was the San Francisco comedy competition. I didn't right. know that at the time, but I, I, that, that may have been their destination the whole time. That may have been the whole plan. Um, the way I understood it was they got out there and it turned out there was this competition and right. they joined. They went to different places on the way out. I can't remember if they drove or if they flew. I don't recall any longer. Um, but they would call um, the payphone at the Charles Playhouse. And we would all gather around the oh, payphone. Wow. And there was a woman named Pat Ritz who was uh, one of the producers with the Comedy Connection. And... Uh, it, not a performer, but just, you know, but she was everybody's connection. You know, um, she was the Consuelo. Of, right. So she would get on the, and then she would say like, um, you know, they're in Chicago. She would, you know, put her hand over the phone and, and then tell her they're in Chicago. And we would all be like, Oh my God, they're in Chicago. Oh, there's a club there called Zany. Oh my God. A club. At some point I realized that I would never, I, I would never be because I bombed a lot in Boston because I was just starting out. And guess what? When you're just starting out, you suck. Right. But other things, the guys could bomb and nobody held it against them forever. Right. right? But they, you were representing an entire gender. Well, that was part of it. Yeah. Sure. Um, but, you know, like I would bomb and I couldn't get work. The others would bomb and it was fun. Like, oh my God, you see Teddy? Oh my God, he ate it. And, and then and then he's, you know, yeah, yeah, we got him, we got him tonight. Yeah. You, you know, like there was no right. The other no repo I was damned yeah. by everything I did. So I just had a feeling that I would never get anywhere just remaining there. And so I I contacted uh, the guys who had taken this trip and after you know when they got back and uh and i got some you know names of places and i contact these places to see if i can come out and do like an open mic kind of thing in these and so i get on a greyhound bus back then you could buy a ticket book for 150 dollars. it was called an ameripass and it was a blank ticket book and you could have it filled in for anywhere you wanted to go but that ticket book was only in effect for 30 days. Wow. Okay. So 
routing was very important. And so here's how I lived. I because I had no money, or right. you know, very, very little money. So and a here, dream. You had a dream. I had a dream. I was a, I was a little comic with a dream. Right. If I went, if I wanted to go, say to Denver, right? I didn't have any place to stay. So here's what I would do. I would arrive, like say in the daytime, sometime at, at the Denver Greyhound station. The bus would roll in. I'd get off the bus. I would put my suitcase in a locker. I would go and look at the schedule of departures and arrivals. And I would find a destination that was four hours away from Denver. And I would book my, I'd get them to write me a ticket for the last departure to that four hour away destination, which might've been say midnight. Right. And I'd make sure that I was back at the station at midnight. And I would take that bus four hours away. And then I would have a ticket written out to come back to Denver. And in that way, I got my eight hours sleep. Oh my God. That is fucking crazy. Wow. I can't remember how many times I did it. I can't remember if I did, (gasps) you know, more than, I don't recall anymore. I know I've, I, I know I've done it more than once. But it was so so long ago and I didn't, you know. I that to- is amazing. Thank God you didn't have a Fitbit that was saying you're not getting enough sleep, you know, like. Oh, yeah. but, but did you feel re- well rested or? Yeah. Like, yeah, you were. Yeah. Fu- well, you were young. Yeah. I, I love a Greyhound bus to this right. day. I, I And I can sleep anywhere. There's My problem is not, you know, trying not to sleep. Right. Uh, you know, I can doze off. Anywhere. My friend Jim Morris, who was a, Oh, he yeah. Uh, impressionist. He, he did he did um Clinton. He did really great Clinton. And uh, Bush, he did, he was great, yeah. He was very good. Uh, he he had gone out to San Francisco and stayed. And so I had his, you know, so we had talked and he kindly invited me to stay at his apartment. And so when I arrived at the San Francisco Greyhound station, you know, I get on the pay phone and I call Jim Morris and he doesn't answer. And this is pre answering machine. Right. So, you know, I I don't have anywhere to go. Right. Well, it was, I believe it was election day. That when Reagan was elected, I I believe it was that that day was election day. Um, so I went to hear John Anderson speak uh, because he was speaking in I don't know Union Square, whatever right. the hell near where I. And I met a guy just that was there too, and we got talking, and I told him like you know that I just came from you know yeah. Massachusetts. I didn't have anywhere to stay. And I end up spending the day with that guy. And a couple different times I tried to call Jim Morris and I couldn't reach him. And this guy kindly allowed me to stay in his 
apartment. You know, I'll tell you, San Francisco was like that. Yeah, then. yeah, yeah. You know, it's like when someone was newly arrived, when someone, you know, when when the if, when someone's found out that this is a newcomer. Right. The people who lived there, and they weren't generally natives, um, but the people who had, had a similar trajectory where, you know, oh, yeah, I came a couple of years ago. Right. And they delighted in showing you around. They delighted in welcoming you. Uh, it's not, to the best of my knowledge, like that anymore. Right. It was a world of misfits. It was a, it was a place for others, you know? Well, you know, t- 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 Tales of the City. Yeah. You know? Like, you know, when somebody found a newbie, they were like, hey, yeah. come on. That is so crazy. And then you start working at the other cafe. My uh, favorite comedy venue ever, the other cafe. You realize at this point, you know, coming from misogynist Boston, these people get me. Yeah, it was a, it was I couldn't have designed a better audience. Right, than right, right. At the other cafe. And and that, that location, uh, that particular venue only was there for six years. Now it's a different, it's a restaurant of a, of a different sort. Right. Um, and then the, the comics were weird and fun. Right. We had a good time. In fact, yeah. you know, a couple, couple, few years back now, um, they had a 30 year, reunion of the other cafe and it was so much fun i mean many of us hadn't seen one another in many years at that point and uh sometimes i didn't even like i didn't even know that that guy was this person that i used to hang out i'd say to somebody oh that's blah 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 like right oh my god time was not kind to all of us right Uh, but uh i mean we spent you know, we spent a lot of the night just staring at one another, um, but it was really fun. I, 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 I was up. I d- yeah, I don't think these these comics don't understand that we were there all night. We hung out all night. I would MC so that I could develop material, like, and, and I would get more stage time. Job. Right. Uh, you know, I used to MC the open mic night frequently at the other cafe. Right. And that's really how I learned to do what I do. And you got on stage more than anyone else. And each time you were on stage, it had to be its own strong thing, which was made, yeah. Um, and now that job is delegated to the least, you know, the per, you know, it's like no one wants it, but I think it's the greatest job. Did you ever have this experience, which is when, you know, when you're working, you know, when I was doing clubs and there was the MC and the middle act and the headliner. Right. I feel like I so often would have either the MC or the headliner, or maybe both would come to me and say, could I recommend them? Would I tell the own, you know, the owner or the booker uh, to, to, to move them to, you know, the MC wanted to, to middle in the middle yeah. headline. And, and I used to look at them and say, you know, here's what you should do. I go, especially the MC. I go, you should make yourself into the best fucking MC right. there. And I said, you can ask for more money, but you you will get no end of work. Right. If you become the best, best fucking MC. Right. And don't worry about, you know, moving. Up. Right. I don't think 
one of them ever took my advice. And the but. middle act had the cushiest job ever. It's like, here, do 20, 25 minutes, 20 to 30. And you're padded. You're padded. It doesn't matter. You know, it's like, it was yeah. the easiest. Yeah. So when we, oh, people don't also don't know this. When in the 80s, the clubs would buy condominiums. And so they wouldn't have to pay for hotel rooms. And you being, I mean, there was always, if there was a woman on the show, it was one. And you'd walk into these condos. Sometimes I would go in and the people were like, would move in. And you're like, which, which is my bedroom. It was all, I hated it. I fuck. And I, the, and the I, head, I, I, I hated it. And first of all, you felt like you were, you were staying in the sperm covered furniture. Right. Right. Every fucking act that had. To, right. Okay, they, the, the scene was a little on the lascivious side back then, such that they they eventually, um, not always, but eventually, the the owners of the club would put up signs in the dressing room that asked the comics not to fuck the waitresses. Right. Um, because that was like a thing. And I swear to you, I forget where I was now, but I swear to you, I was at a club one time years ago and I overheard these waitresses going over the calendar to see who was coming in. Right. Because they were planning their sex lives. Right. But and I remember hearing all the comics going, oh, I'm going to the, you know, Chuckle Hut in Iowa. And the comics would be like, oh, you can fuck Karen, uh, Tiffany, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. That, that's how they did it. They all knew yeah. who they were going to go fuck. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And when was, I'm sitting was, in a fucking disgusting room, yeah, reading, yeah. like, it was awful. And they would have, like, a waitress would go over, you know, once a week and vacuum. Right. <laughs> right. I stayed in some sleazy, slimy ass yeah. place. Um, and so I, you know, at a certain point, I started saying, you know what? I have to have a hotel. I just have to have a hotel. Right. And, you know, I had this relationship with with these different clubs back then where I was friends with the guys who ran the club. Right. And which is nice. You know, I looked forward to seeing them. Uh, you know, we'd go out for lunch or, you know, hang out, play basketball. I played a lot of basketball. Right. And it was great. Um, but when I would make a request for something, suddenly the friendship, you know, it was, it was uh, it, you know, it's like, what, what do you mean? What? <laughs> Whereas if I had just been an asshole and not friends with them, I probably right. But so I remember this one. I was working uh, a place in, I think it was Virginia Beach, although I can't swear to it. Yeah, I think it was Virginia Beach. And so I'm told that I'm going to have a um, a hotel. And, they, you know, these guys pick me up at the airport. Great. Good to see you. Oh, it's, you know, great. So oh, we're going to do this. We're going to do that together. Because this was back when you were in right. the same place for five nights. Yeah. Ugh. Um, as we're driving from the airport and... I realized that we're getting more and more uh, residential. Right. And like, like, there's no fucking way there's a hotel over this way. You right. Know? Pull up to this condo and I'm so angry. Um, but of course, I don't say anything because right. that's. So 
you know, the guys are like helping me with my luggage and, oh, your room is up these stairs, you know. So then I, I, th- I thought, I'll just live with it. It's a, and then I say to them, where is the phone? And this is, again, pre-cell phone. Where's the phone? And they say, we don't have a phone. Oh, my God. They said, the, you, you know, the comics kept leaving us with bills. And so we don't have a phone. At which point, I swear to you, I'm not making this up. <laughs> At which point, I'm, I'm walking up these stairs. And I turn and I smash my head into the wall. And they're like, oh, oh." and they go, we do have a phone. (laughs) They said, we do have a phone. We just just don't like people to use it. We we have a phone. And so it turns out that they have a, okay, do you remember? I think it was Time Magazine or something at one point um, was when they were, hawking their magazines on television they had some sort of a deal where you could get a football phone oh yeah 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 yeah. so they have like some fucking got you know like shitty you know football phone thing that you can take and they go you have to okay we're gonna let you use it but nobody else can use it now there's an mc and a middle act that are staying in the same place they go you can use but nobody else so i have to plug it in and then put and then unplug it and put it in a drawer and I'm like, and I, it's crazy. I spent a phone. So I'm like, okay, so there's a guy in, that's been told there's no phone. It's the middle act. He's in a different room. He doesn't hear me talking. Right. So eventually I go to the other acts and I go, look, there's a phone. And uh, I go, don't stick these guys with a bill. That would right. be bad. Yeah. Cause we had to pay, you had to pay for um, long distance. Right. You, yeah. That's the other thing people don't realize. When you were on the road and even in a hotel, you couldn't call because that would eat up your entire check. Oh, honestly, God. And the hotels were particularly obscene. Ugh, the comforter, the comforters. I can't. The, the, no, no. The way they did. Oh, the, yeah. For the phone. Was that you had to you had to go through the hotel line. Press nine. Yes. Paying your long distance fee with the phone company. And you're paying a fee. Right, to right. The- to the fucking hotel. Yeah. Nothing to hook that phone. Nothing. And, you know, if you had a phone credit card number. Yes. You- so I was working in a place in outside of Detroit. I think it was I think I was staying at the Morgan Hotel, maybe it was called. And uh, I get in. I, I, I think I had kids at that point, I think. And so, you know, I had to I had to use the phone. I go to call and I can't make I, I can't make the credit card thing work. There's something oh. about the hotel's phone that is stopping me right. from using the credit card thing. And so I, um, you know, I call the front desk. I tell them there's a problem with the phone, um, but I have to use the phone. So uh, I go ahead and just go direct through the through the hotel to make this long distance call. And the, the hotel ends up never sending anybody right. to fix the phone. And so I go to check out, you know, the next day or something like that. I go to check out and I get this bill that is enormous. Right. Just, and I can't believe it. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. So they never think. So I go down to the front desk and I say, look, there was a problem with the phone. And I let you know there was a problem with the phone. 
and I have to be able to use the phone. And so now there's this astronomical, right. and I'm well aware that it doesn't cost you anything for, you know, this is just highway robbery. And I never complain. I mean, I, I, I'll complain to you about right. something that yesterday, but I never complained in an effective way ever. Right. So this was very rare. So I said, I, I and the woman goes, oh, well, there's nothing we can do about it. I go, I'd like to speak with the manager. And the manager comes out and she says, okay, we're going to give you 50% off. Well, that's like admitting that what right. they do, right? right? I, it's like, it's like if you catch somebody robbing your house. Right. And you're like, hey, 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 that's my yes. computer. And, and they go, all right, uh, all right, uh, we'll, okay, we'll put the television back. <laughs> right, right. You know, we're going to take everything else. This but is we, where being Jewish comes in handy because we are excellent complainers. You know, we're very good oh, at it. Oh. Yeah. Hey, everyone. You know what I just did? I tore... I poured and I enjoyed a packet of liquid IV because I love liquid IV. Liquid IV is a major part of my life. And I just worked out with my trainer and I had a delicious lemon ginger liquid IV. That one has a little extra that has a little green tea in it, and so that's a little caffeinated. So I enjoy that because I needed it today. And, you know, it's getting warmer out, and what does that mean? Summer. Oh, God, please come. It can't come soon enough. And that means you have to hydrate. And that's what Liquid IV does. It hydrates you with benefits like electrolytes, vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients. And it has three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in one little stick. And that's why Liquid IV is the number one powered hydration brand in America. Okay? And I love it. I use it every day. Ben's basketball team uses it. It is a science-backed formula that works. It keeps you hydrated. And they have sugar-free. They have sugar-free packets in white peach, green grape, raspberry melon, and lemon lime. Okay? I didn't do the sugar-free. Okay. But Elisa does the sugar-free. So what are you going to do? You're going to stay hydrated because it's very, very important. And Liquid IV has been a longtime sponsor, and I love them. And they are a quality product. And this is what you're going to do. You're going to turn your ordinary, ordinary, can't speak. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use code JudyGold at checkout. That's J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code JudyGold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, can't even say my name, at liquidiv.com. Got it? You're welcome. So now, Paula, there's three things I have to hit. Number yeah. one, you get on The Tonight Show with Johnny. Jimmy Stewart was on. Oh, my, I can't believe the, the guests you, you know, the people that I, were on. I don't remember that. And, and your set was so 
groundbreaking. First of all, you do a bit about Jimmy Stewart and Africa. You you start, and I was wondering, was that? I mean, because your your brain is is incredible. That did she think of that right then? You you did a bit about Jimmy Stewart because he was in that Africa movie, and then you you go on with your set, which is just flawless. First of all, you talked about your cats, but then you talked about. I don't like sex. I don't like sex. And I thought, this is fucking amazing. Who has the enlarged balls to be that vulnerable and that honest to say, I mean, this is something people didn't talk about. And Nikki Minaj's cousin's friend. Yes. I mean, I I watched that again yesterday and I just, it's amazing. It's, I don't remember any of this. Yeah, you said I don't like sex. I don't. I mean, and then you talked about wanting to have kids, and that like, oh, and then you talked about you know Sam, I am. I don't want sex in the house. I don't want sex. I, it was just fucking. I was like, she is getting a huge laugh on national television in 1987, talking about a topic no one fucking talks about in the most. Uh, palatable, hilarious. I just, I, that, Johnny, was he nice? To, well, I mean, like, he seems no. cold. Yeah, cold. You know, I, I can't remember. I can't remember what, I did the show with Carson a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, you know, what's funny about the thing about saying I don't like sex is that my managers at the time, I was with this company um, that had like, you know, five men that were the man, you know, it was a management company. Wait, and it was Robin Williams, Dana Carvey, all them. Yeah. yeah. They, they loved you. Yeah. Okay. And, and well, the management company, I don't think, yeah. me, but, but there I was. And they used to tell me not to say that I didn't like sex. Right. I mean, I think they thought it was so weird. I loved it. I was like, here's, yeah. Well, what I discovered about, that was, I think I had for so much of my life thought that I was so unique in so many ways, uh, um, you know, that, that, that something that I thought or felt, I must be the only one. Right. And it turns out, I don't think there's anything you can say that you think or feel. Uh, I mean, you may have a, a larger group or a smaller group, that has thought right, right, felt, right, right, but you're not alone in anything, right? Uh, you know, and I think in America, you know, we all like to think that we're so uh, special. Yeah. Oh, we're not. Um, but the thing about that was that over time, um, it became sort of a more. I think I probably said it with more ease over time, and so it became like a more. Um, Oh, I love uh, uh, you know, the audience responded more. Right. I, t- I, t- I hate I, 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 I hate to use, you know, I think I, I sort of committed to it. Right. More. But I can't. All right. Here's what I remember about Carson. The first I think it was the first time I was on that this happened, but it might not have been. It might have been another time. You know how they do this silliness with this, the chair and the. Yes. To do paddle or such crap, such crap. And you know, no other, the, the only 
type of performer that had to sing for their supper like that was a comic. Right. You know, you come out and you do your stand up and then it was always a thing as to whether Johnny would wait over. And it's all, it's all for the most part pre, preordained. Right. If I talked about Jimmy Stewart in Africa, which I don't recall at all, okay. I, it would definitely have been something I just decided to do. Wow, in the that's fucking amazing. Yeah, I mean, what, what the stress of the, I mean, I, I think part of the reason I don't remember those things very well is the stress yes. was so colossal. Right. And foolish in, in retrospect. But there were, you know, when I was growing up, there were three television stations. Same, yeah. And somebody literally could be, would be th- th- that overnight success idea literally right. could place as a result of someone being on, being on The Tonight Show at all, uh, which a lot of people were good, but just uh. that. So I think, you know, and then I had these, you know, managers that were creeping up my backside a lot of the time. Uh, so you expect it. You were hoping for so much from that appearance. Right. And your expectations were so high that I think it just, you know, it crushed your brains. Right. Right. Um, it was really, really, really stressful. Yeah. Um, I, I remember standing behind that curtain when I did, I did it with Jay the first time, you know, standing behind that curtain and having them count you. And then that, oh. and you're, it's like, I, I don't know how to, it, the curtain opens and you're like, oh my God, like it's so yeah. fucking scary. I think especially the first time, you know, you're, <laughs> you know, it's like the first time you go to Hollywood Boulevard right. and you're like, well, this is a shithole. Right. Um, and I was like, this is, it's not even at night for Christ's sake. Right, 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 right. It, it's, you know, everything about it just seems so not the showbiz that you thought you were going to. And so, I mean, I think part of it is you're sort of taking in like the, like, oh, oh, oh this is disappointing. <laughs> oh, I thought it was, yeah. So it's not really, oh, huh, yeah. No, not really. I, <laughs> I know, it's crazy. You then go on to do HBO. You, you did a Young Comedian special, Women of the Night, which I hated the name of those, those show, you know, that was the women those were yeah. the ones where the women could go on. It was called Women of the yeah. Night. You did a one night stand. Like yeah, yeah. You then became the first woman to host the White House Correspondents' Dinner. I have two questions about that. Were you more nervous about that than doing the Tonight Show? If you remember, I mean, that would be intimidating to me. It, it was very intimidating. I'll tell you. It was a weird event. Yeah. I do a lot of, you know, award shows and, yeah. and um, or used to in the before time, uh, you know, a lot of association events. But, you know, what the White House Correspondents Dinner, uh, the, the notion of it is that it is White House correspondents. Right. Um, that are having this event. And. Many, many, many of these kind of, you know, uh, annual galas make the same mistake, which is they you're going to be able to do two or three things at any given gala. Right. 
And you have to decide which two or three things you're doing. Right. Are you entertaining the people in the room? Are you networking? Are you, is it really a celebration of the work of somebody as so it's an award? Yeah. Are you um, presenting yourself? Are you showing, you, are you raising awareness to the greater population? Are you- Raising so, money. Are you raising money? Are you raising money? Are people, you know, networking so they want to talk? Right. Um, are you passing information to right. Is it, you have to know what you're doing in order to make sure that you do. Right. So the White House Correspondents Dinner, the way it used to be, I think it used to be kind of, you know, the correspondents have become famous over the years, but they weren't always. Right, it was right. very... Um, Fade, uh, sort of. Uh, 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 what's the... Um, uh, Cary Grant, Rosalind Russell, uh, His Girl Friday. Right. It was a very... His Girl Friday kind of a group of people in the in, in the old days. Um, they didn't have they, they, they didn't have good accommodations right. in the White House. They really were. It was before it was entertainment news. Like news has become entertainment. Right. It was right. actually news then. Right. And you wouldn't necessarily recognize the correspondence. Right. Which I did it, you, you know, CNN. In fact, Charles Bierbauer from CNN back then was the head of the White House Correspondents, uh, 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 you know, association or whatever it was. Um, he's the guy that hired me. And originally, by the way, I was like, I don't think that's a good idea at all. Right. So I get there. And there was a lot of um, there was a lot of sort of events leading up to that event. Um, all of which were fun, but I get there and it's, you know, the dais and, uh, you know, the important people sitting in important people chairs and, and that room wasn't quiet. I mean, it might've been quiet when Bush, it was back when it was the first right. Bush. Um, it might've been quiet when Bush was talking, but not when their brethren were talking with right. Charles made a speech, the whole, you could barely even tell he was making a speech. Right. The whole was talking because, because it was a networking. It was a thing right. where people wanted to be with each other. Well, then you have to allow them to do that. Right. right? And that's the fun part. Who are you at the table with? That's the fun right. part. It was really not a fun performing experience. And the other thing that they used to do uh, mistakenly, I believe, I mean, I, I didn't fit into this category. But like I remember Clinton had that radio guy. It was one of the, you know, it was maybe pre-Howard Stern or right. or early Howard Stern years. As, where the, as the comic, you mean? Um, yes. I can't right. think of his name now, but he was, you know, provocative. Right. Incendiary. Ugly. Uh he had like long, what the fuck was that guy's name? And then the next I'm day- I'm looking in, it up. I'm looking it up. The yeah, go next ahead. day in the news, it's boy, he, you know, he said some things people did. Oh boy, he was, you know, like, okay, what did you think you were getting? Don, oh, Don Imus. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was Don Imus. So, so Don Imus goes on and he's very Don Imus. Right. They're like, oh, Jesus, it was, it was awful. Okay, yeah, because he doesn't That's want- what you got. But when right. you did it, 
They talked about what you wore. Yes. Yes. And, and I, and I, yeah. And it, I read that you thought, oh, that was the first time you realized, oh, this is what they do to women. Like I, I had never thought of myself as, you know, a female comedian or, you know. The Washington Post the following day, was a, you know, Paula Poundstone in a, in a white tuxedo. And by the way, it, it was a beautiful white tuxedo. I bet it was. Uh, but yeah, like how fucking weird. Does anybody know what Don Imus wore? Does yeah, any- no. But but anyways, I, I I don't think the event, and at the point at which I do it, it, it I did it, it was also not televised. Right. I mean, have been, uh, you know, there may have been a, a cameraman with a, that used a clip somewhere. Right. Televised. So I think as the years went on, you know, they tried to sort of, they tried, you know. Hollywoodize they tried, it. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they watch like the Emmys or something. Right, and right, they, right. Um, so I don't know. It, it was fun in many ways. I was glad I was there. It's a lovely credit to throw on my resume. Right. But, um, I, you know, it's, it, as, a, as a performing experience, you can pretty much drop kick it. Hey everyone, did you know that Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the United States with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the United States? And I'm one of them. You're listening to one of them. Fast Growing Trees has everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and your space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever, forever. I just want you to know that I just got off a plane and I walked in my apartment. What was the first thing I did? is I came in and said hi to Avi, my fig tree. I'm telling you, and I have Yael, which is another plant, but Fast Growing Trees has changed my atmosphere here in my apartment. You don't need a lot of space, but they do have, you know, they have stuff for outdoor spaces. But I live in an apartment, and I'm telling you, Avi and Yael, yes, they're both Jewish names, Hebrew, the space looks so much better. And I just had a conversation with Avi. Like, I was like, I missed you. I love having living things here. It's very, very, I don't know, it's made this more of a home. It's the best. And Elisa has some too. And she loves them. And she talks to them too. But she got that from me. Anyway, check out Fast Growing Trees. You need to be around plant life. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code JUDYGOLD, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code JUDYGOLD at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code JUDYGOLD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. You're welcome. I have one more question and then two more little questions. Okay. okay? Number one, crowd work. You are, no, like I was told, I used to do so much crowd work as I am, see, you are, it's otherworldly, your crowd work. And the fact that you were able to do it 
on an HBO special that you have been, you have these convictions and you don't stray from them. And the, and like you are the queen of, well, I'm not genderizing, but your crowd work is amazing. And the fact that you love it and you love it. And, and I was always told, no, don't do crowd work. You can't do crowd. And I was like, that's my favorite part. It is the best part, isn't it? Yeah, it separates it from every other art form. There's no fourth wall. They become part of the show. It's like, and you're using your brain. You're, uh. Yeah. Plus, I have the greatest audience. That's part of the reason I stopped. I stopped working clubs. I I work in theaters and I don't have anybody open for me because honestly, I'm just too selfish. Right. They've come to see me and I want to spend as much time with them as I possibly can. I, yeah, I love talking, you know, I, I love all the different careers that I've, you know, yes. honored, where are you from? What do you do for a living? And, and it I, also becomes bits for me. It's like, then I can retell. I once had this to talk to this, part, you know, like, and it becomes a bit a lot of the time. Well, that would be helpful to me, but <laughs> I have no, I, my, my memory has been, I think it was kid ravaged to yes. begin with. And then COVID, uh, COVID, yeah. The stress of what's gone on for the last, well, honestly, for the last six years, I can't remember a goddamn thing anymore. Right. Well, they 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 hijacked your brain, Trump. Yeah. You yeah. also wrote your kids weren't doing well in math, and you wrote math books. I mean, you're fucking amazing. Well, I, I let's let's know and think I'm good at math. I'm not. I I wrote. A, a series of math workbooks with my high school math teacher. And I just wrote the stories. She wrote the math. In fact, she had to explain some of the concepts to me in order right. for me to write stories so that they applied. Um, but uh, yeah, slope okay. was challenging me. I hate, I hate it. It makes me crazy. Okay, my last two questions. Number one, we're very pro-mental health. What do you do for your mental health? I know you exercise. I do exercise. I, the answer is I don't do enough for my mental right. health. Um, it has been, you know, it's been wonderful to get back to some road right. jobs. I started back in June. I don't know how long it's going to last. I think Same. that the, I think that the anti-vaxxers are hell bent on right. creating a, a new variant that, that, that is going right. to bring us. I have pets and I do think th- it's a double-edged sword because it's a shitload of work taking care right. of them. But as a result of the fact that I have two big dogs, um, I walk most days. Right. Uh, and I do think that that's really helpful. I think I, my sleep is, is yeah, pretty well. same. Cause that's very important. And yes. I consider it a badge of honor to be awake forever. Right. And I don't any longer I, 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 because it's just, you know, you don't, you're not regenerating. Right. And yes, I'll tell you, one of the things I think that's happened in terms of my work, I always love my work. It's the greatest job in the world. And, I, yeah. and I'm always aware of that. And there are times that even doing the greatest job in the world, I would feel, I don't know. Somehow put upon, right? Uh, you know, like I'd be working a lot, and I'd feel like, oh my god, I guess how come I don't get to pay to Papa, right? right? 
And boy, being stripped of it for a year and a half. Oh, I know. So grateful. Gratitude. I like that. Last question. Just just recognizing how lucky. And and you're so great at what you do and you make people happy. All right. Now I call the podcast Kill Me Now, which is politically incorrect because I'm always aggravated. I always get annoyed and I'm always like, oh my God, kill me now. So what makes you crazy, annoyed, mad? Like what, where you're like, oh my God, I, 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 oh, well, I don't like it when things happen at the same time. Like, and the thing is timing wise. So like, like I'll go a whole day where the phone never rang. Right. And then I'm talking to one person and there's a, you know, I'm like, how the fuck, how is that? Uh, cat pee in places it doesn't belong. Oh, Very, yes. Um, I remember that. But in a in a more global sense, it's very, very, very hard for me to understand why the, the human race, after all that we've been through, doesn't know to love one another. Oh. It's 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 frustrating. Right. And I don't hate the anti-vaxxers, but I'm pretty pissed at them. Yeah. Same. You know, because I feel like how, I don't understand. What, how could you? Right. It's not you about know? you. It's about other people. It's about other yeah. people. Yeah. And uh, I genuinely love people. Uh, you know, a naked guy with a gun could come up to me and whisper and I'd go, I'm sorry. I don't feel suspicious a lot. I genuinely love people. And and maybe it's because, you know, I read the wrong books and watched the wrong movies. I don't know. I'm an idiot. But you can't lose that. You can't lose that. Don't let those bastards get Don't let them. Don't let them win. Um, (laughs) Paula, I, I can't thank you enough. Like, this is, I have eight other million things I want to talk to you about. I think you are, I I just, I, I just adore you. I respect you on so many levels as a human being, as a mother. Is it Tosha? Toshia? Tosha. Tosha, Marie, Alice in Wonderland, Johnson, Poundster. I love, I, I just, you are one of a kind. I fucking, you're so talented. You're so smart. And I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I wish only good things for you. Well, the same right back at you. Uh, 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 I, I am an admirer of yours as well. Um, and uh, I love it when we're together. It's not often enough. And I want to play ping pong. Oh. And oh. eat ring dings. And eat ring dings. Oh. oh and, my. and take off the tinfoil. And make it really. They don't use tinfoil anymore. Oh, I hate fuck them. Like, oh, it's what? in the plastic. That yeah. shit. Yeah, it's awful, right? Yeah. Tin- Remember, tinfoil. you used to make it, and you used I, to like uh, and, iron it with your fingers. Then, well, they used to have one that had a circle logo on it, and yeah. you like a button, and you were in the yeah. ringding. I was very high up in the ringding yes. club. Judy, thank you very, very much. Thank you so much for listening to part two of Kill Me Now with the one, the only, Paula Poundstone. I mean, she's, I 
I'm speechless. I fucking love her. Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel, edited by Colin Schmeling. The podcast would not be possible without the help of Brittany Jo Sowards. Please subscribe. Please leave a review. A review. Five stars. Not like my Uber review. I want five stars, people. Five fucking stars. Buy my book. Yes, I can say that when they come for the comedians, we're all in trouble. Go to my website, judygold.com. See all the new stuff I'm doing. If you didn't see me on Aquafina, go watch me on Aquafina because Aquafina is the fucking best. The show is great. And I happen to be on an episode of this season. Okay. I will be performing at a, uh, in an area, an area near you. I am scheduled to perform uh, in Scars. I can't even talk. Scarsdale, New York, on October twenty third. Okay. I oh, I'll be at, in Provincetown for Women's Week for all the lezzies. and um, I'm gonna be going to uh, Florida on November six. But whatever, go to my website judygold.com and you'll see everything I'm doing and everything I'm not doing. But just stuff about me, and it's all about me. If you're not vaxxed, uh, go fuck yourself. Uh, If you are vaxxed, please wear a mask. I double mask on the plane, you know, and in the airport. And I yell at people. I yell at people all the time. Um, So if I'm not around in a few months because someone just couldn't take me anymore, I love you. So um, follow me on Twitter and Instagram for everything you need to know about me. Um, That's at Judy Gold, J-E-W-D-Y-G-O-L-D. You know, like Jew, because I'm a Jew. (laughs) Ha, 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 gold. What else do I have to say? Enjoy the new season, new beginnings, new. And if you're still listening, I can't tell you how much I love you. The fact that you haven't turned me off right now, I I just, I love you more than anything. And, um, you know, I think you're awesome. And don't let anyone else say shit, shit about you because you know you're fucking great. Anyway, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Tell your friends about the show. Do something nice for someone. Take care of your mental health. Go exercise. Go be kind. And as we always say, so long! And uh, everything was wonderful. I'll see you soon. Thank you for the visit. So long. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.